This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I was looking up the definition of communion after last week's teaching, and it's defined as sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings. I thought it was eating a, a wafer and drinking some grape juice. Sincerely, I thought that's just what it had become. We stole it from the world. But the, the word actually means to share or exchange intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when exchange the exchange is mental or on a spiritual level. And I would love to come up here and say, you know, man, this is going to, maybe it might, it might be great. If it's great, it's glory to God. But I, I really was hesitant to even grab a mic and start teaching because I was sitting here thinking, I just want to sit and worship a little longer. I just want to sit here and share and exchange intimate um, thoughts and feelings with you, God, on a spiritual level. That's what I just want to communion with you. Like what we just did was we had communion with God. And I felt this thing from his heart saying like, but, but how, how will we learn to do that when there's no music playing? How will we learn to take it outside the box of this school, of this church? I'm hungry to get so serious with my relationship with God and our relationship with God. I, I know last week was so beautiful to talk about communica- or communication and connection and communion with God and, and to l- address some of the things that religion has done and doctrine has done when it teaches us to get it right. I loved it. It freed me so much. When I looked at you guys tonight, I was like, I don't think these guys have a religious problem. I don't think this is a religious bunch. In fact, yeah, uh, no, I don't think, I don't think that's us. But one thing I'm hungry for us is I want us to take our relationship with God much more serious. And that's not to say that we're not now but i have some friends here tonight that were in a relationship and they got more serious and it's like i was so excited or even i mean if you hear some you hear some friends like oh they're about to get serious like what do you think what do you think is going to happen i heard someone say they get they go deeper or i thought of like oh maybe um they get exclusive or maybe they move in together and they start to share each moment even the kitchen and the bathrooms and all, all the or maybe it's a covenant thing. I want all of it for us. I want exclusivity with just God. I want him to be our God, nobody else. I'm tired of this. Why do we have so many comforters? I'm not, I'm not like coming for you guys. I'm just saying this is what I'm, like when you start to fall, when you start to catch it, when you start to really get how good he, like we're sitting here singing about how worthy he is, but like he's so much more worthy of our trust than some of the things we run to. And that's no, I'm not, I'm not, there's no condemnation against you guys, but as we talk about these things, it's almost impossible to talk about communication and communion and connection with God without actually doing something with it. It's, it feels impossible. So I, I'm, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hungry for tonight. Oh, Jesus, help me. Okay. So we're talking about getting serious with God tonight. Is, are other people here tonight they want to get serious about the relationship with God? Okay, awesome. I'm by no means an expert. Um, 
in fact, I have this this sheet of things that I'm hungry for that I, I might share with you or I might not, but I um, I wish we didn't record these. Honestly, I wish I could just talk to you guys, but but this is okay. Um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 10. And um, actually, before we go there, we are going to go there. And that, that verse talks about communion specifically. Remember, we're talking about communion means sharing, exchanging, intimate, intimacy, like intimacy on a spiritual level, right? And I just learned this Friday. Um, I was talking with Alex after a, a little get together we had, and he was talking about how you cannot separate the spiritual and the relational. Like when people linger after service because the spirit's there, it's like you can't separate the two. And so we're talking about sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings on a on a spiritual level. We're talking about on a relational level that we're willing to open up to God. Talking about um, the verse I read earlier was Psalm twenty four um, seven. We're talking about lifting up and opening up you gates, right? And the King of Glory comes in. The King of Glory is here is because you guys were willing to open up you gates. And we want the King of Glory in these areas of our lives. But I'll say for me, sometimes I'm not willing to open up in those areas of my life. But we're not going there yet. So just hold on for a second. We'll go, we're going to go to Matthew chapter. Um, we're going to hit four and six, but we'll start in, um, let's start in the good, the, the fun one. Um, chapter 6, verse 9. And this is Jesus explaining how to pray. They're like, teach us how to pray. He's like, I'll teach you right here. So um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 says this. Um, in this manner, therefore pray. Our Father, Abba in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just got to experience that. It was what it was beautiful, um, and then the very next thing he says is this: "Is give us this day our daily bread." Um, and this has been kind of messing with my heart a little bit. Is I oftentimes go into my communication and my relationship and my communion with God, leading with "Give me my daily bread." No condemnation. And this is not a formula or anything, but it really helps for me to connect with God on a spiritual, on a relational level, to be intimate, to exchange ideas and thoughts and feelings with God. Talking about communion, that's the definition of communion. It helps me to commune with God when this comes first. My Father is a priority. If I don't lead with the relational aspect of he's my Abba, my Father, my provider, my protector, my affirmer, my, my, if I don't lead with that, then things get out of whack and I start to actually go to God in a place of panic, which is not bad. Again, there's no condemnation. It's not like, like I said, not like a formula. Like if you don't do this, he doesn't talk. You better, you better start with Abba or he's not going to hear you. It's like, no. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that oftentimes I wish I understood that, that I'm I'm coming to him worried about my daily bread. And he's saying, there's something that actually more important than that. Not that he doesn't care about you being fed, but he said, look at the birds, look at the lilies. I care so much about you. Of course you get fed. So you don't have to worry about that. Worry about the kingdom. So our priorities can actually line up with how good he is as a father. If we understand how good he is as a father, then our priorities line up with it naturally. But if we don't start with how good you are as a father, then that's when it's easy for us to start for our priorities to get out of whack and therefore our prayer to get out of whack. Does that make sense? 
I wish somebody would have told me this because I would actually have such a, and maybe you guys feel this too. I would have such a pure heart like, God, you know, I'm actually going to teach your people. This was your idea, not mine. I didn't want to be, I didn't even like public speaking. This is your idea. So you better give me what I'm saying. Like, I need this. I need this. I need this. And I've skipped our father who out in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm sitting here saying, I don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> Please. I'm looking for daily bread before I'm looking for my father. Okay. And, and I'm, I, that's good. It's good in here, but I'm saying I want to take it outside of here. I love that we're like, that's a good word from the scripture. But I want it when we wake up in the morning. I want it when I get in my car and I go to, and I go to bed. Is I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to look for daily bread before I look for my father. I love daily bread. In fact, in worship, I was fantasizing about Tony's pizza. I literally was thinking, gosh, dang, that sounds so good. But you know what was more worthy of my attention and worship? It was a moment. I didn't get struck by lightning because I thought about pizza. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Sometimes our thoughts drift and we're like, oh, my whole day is ruined. Listen, listen. I thought about pizza and I still cry. I didn't cry for pizza, I'll tell you that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so our daily bread. Where were we? Our father, oh, our father comes before our daily bread, right? And his will, and we could probably spend forever there, but I want to go on to when Jesus is dealing with bread, okay? It's really important to me because I'm starting to realize there's this theme throughout the Bible of what we allow in. Like we look at Adam and Eve and we know what they ate the fruit. It was bad. It was a bad news bears. But we often skip over the natural aspect of they did something in the natural to take something. They put it in their body. They let it in. They let something in the natural in, but there was a spiritual repercussion. I'm not going anywhere scared with that. I'm just saying that Jesus got the same test. Both of them were invited by Satan to, in, to let something in. One said, eat this fruit. The other one, oh, let's go there. Sorry, I forgot to tell you. We're in Matthew chapter four, right after Jesus gets baptized. And suddenly a voice, um, this is verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. We could just we could just marinate there, but we got places to go. So, this is my beloved son, humble, please. And then in, the, in chapter four, verse one says this: um, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted for forty days and forty nights, afterwards he was hungry, like me. Now, when the temp, now when the tempter came to him, he said, "If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread." But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Same test. It, you know, he doesn't, you can, in, in Genesis, they are given the same thing. They were out, out, allowed to take something in the natural and put it in. But there was a bigger spiritual implication. And, and Jesus was like, I don't, uh, I wrote it down. Let me just read it here. Let me just read it. Give me a second. Okay. The, te the, te the difference in the test was this. Adam said, let's eat. And he let this thing in the natural end. But the spiritual thing he was reaching for, the relational thing was, I don't want to need God. The two trees were the, the tree of life and the knowledge of good and evil. And it was like, the, the thing that Adam and Eve were reaching for was like, oh, I could be like God. So let me let this in. So I don't need God, okay? The natural, it's a fruit, but in the spirit, the relational, it actually looks like disconnection. I want to do this apart from God. 
Jesus gets asked the same thing, but he says, I don't need that. I don't need to let that in. I don't need to be intimate with that thing in the natural because all I need is God. It's the complete opposite. I will not be intimate with this thing in the natural because of because I, I have everything I need in God. Does that make sense? Thank you for letting me fumble through that. I'm still trying to learn it because I'm actually like going through this right now, like coming home from work and realizing that I'm actually experiencing fruit with my family of what I've been intimate with in private, in my heart, what I've allowed in. I think we skip over these things because it's not like I'm going home and worshiping Satan. I don't go home and like sacrifice something to some demon Lord. No, it can look as simple as me disconnecting or trying to do something apart from God. And me separating myself from the source of life leads to death. It's like if we turn the lights off in here, it would just be dark. Darkness didn't come out of nowhere and say, ah, my evil plan. It's like, no, we just turn the lights off. It's that simple. And something as simple as disconnecting from life can end up in and death. And so there's ways of thinking and habits and things we reach for. And I'm not saying, I mean, not even we, I'm sure we, but like me specifically that I'm like, I'll just say, let me just share this story while we're here. Remember we're talking about the bread and, and, and Adam's thing was, I, I'll let this in. I will be intimate with this thing in the natural because I don't want to need God. I'm going to separate from God in my mind. And and I'm going to try and do this outside of him. So in order to do that, I'm going to take this thing in the natural. I keep grabbing this communion cup, but this is the only thing I have. So don't, don't think communion's bad. That's what I'm saying. But, but does that make sense? But then Jesus says, I don't need to take this thing in the natural and be intimate with it and let it in because I have everything I need. I'm actually fully dependent on him. Adam's like, I want to be independent. Jesus is like, I am fully dependent on him. And every word that comes from his mouth. Now, that's great. It's super Christian. But look. I come home from a long day of work. I mean, you look at all these Christmas decorations and you just, you just, you just bless the Lord for the opportunity I had with my family. <laughs> but no, seriously, I was, I was, I remember this past week, I came home so tired and I just wanted to do nothing. I just wanted to not think about anything. I wasn't mad. I was, I was honored to get to do this, especially with Pastor Gavin and Sarah and everyone. I'm like, they work so hard for you guys. You have no idea what they do. But anyways, I get home and I get on my couch and I turn my Xbox on because I just want a second just to like not think about anything and maybe shoot some people on an Xbox, you know? And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I just need a second. Just God, just give me a second. I'm going to, all right. And then Levi starts going crazy. And he's like, what did he, I think he was talking back to Megan, which is like a trigger for me. I don't know why. Maybe because I love her. But I was like, I didn't like it. So I was like, hey, you little boy. <laughs> and like, I didn't spank him or anything, but I was like, you know, go to your room. And I dealt, I did the right thing as a dad. Cause the Bible says, correct your kids, right? It says it. I did what is right, but I'm telling you there was no life in it. I did the right thing as a dad, right thing as a husband, but there was no life in it. I'm going to tell you how I knew what came out of my mouth was not patient. It was not kind. It was not gentle. There was no faith in it. There was no substance of things hoped for. There was, no, there was no product of intimacy with God. There was nothing that came from the Father to His Son. There was, it was faithless. There was no faith. I'm literally not living faith. This is this week. And I'm not saying it to expose myself, but I'm saying it got me so hungry because I sent my son to my room and I was like, yeah, that's what you do as a dad. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh. Like when, when I started to taste it and see like, like I'm, I'm giving him what I have. I, ha I came home and I didn't connect with God 
at all. And so without connecting with God, I was like, God, I don't need you. I just need Xbox right now. You see what I'm saying? Let me allow this thing. Let me be intimate with this thing in the natural because in the spirit, relationally, I don't want to need you right now. I don't want to open up about how tired I am. I don't want to open up about all these things. I'm feeling. I would, it's easier for me to not open up about that and just veg out. It's easier for me to eat an entire large pizza over the sink like a rat than it is to deal with my problems. Seriously. <sighs> but then I don't see the glory of God in my family in that area. And I wonder, whoa, why is this happening? Or even worse, I say, man, I'm such a good dad. I sent him to his room. And then years later, he ends up like I did. Let me tell you, when I was younger, I was a very, very not so, you know, that whole defender song. I think about those times. I sat here and I thought to myself when I was 14, I used to come here and I was so empty and I was so broken. And like, I would act out. I would get kicked out of school, in school suspension, out of school suspension, fights every day after school, doing, I don't want to go into all the stuff I did because the root of it was just, I was empty and broken. But the thing is how my parents dealt with it all honor to them. I love them. They're perfect. Please don't hold this against them. But they would just beat me. Like that was like, you do something bad, will beat you. So then I just got really good at hiding bad things I did. I wasn't acting out because I didn't know it was bad. I wasn't like, oh, we're not supposed to punch people in the face. This is crazy. Some of you, <laughs> but, but <laughs> some of you were with me. <laughs> but, but I'll say this, there, 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 <laughs> there were things that I was doing that wasn't because I didn't know they were right or wrong. I needed something and my needs weren't getting met. I needed love. I needed joy. I needed patience. I needed this thing. I needed someone to look at me and say who I am as a son. I didn't get it. I got beat. And this is not, I'm not saying anything, anything against my parents. They did the right thing. Your son's doing something wrong. Tell him what's right. Smack him around. Give him a scripture. Whatever. I got the right thing, but there was no life in it. You see what I'm saying? The right thing's happening, but there's no life. The opposite of life wasn't evil. The opposite of life was the knowledge of good and evil. And sometimes we think, if I just get the good thing, do the good thing, think the good thing, act the good thing, worship the good way, whatever, have good attendance, then I'll have it. But uh, good is still the opposite of life. Literally, the devil came to Jesus with scripture. He was like, listen, doesn't this sound good? And it's like, that's scripture. And sometimes we say, yeah, that's scripture. Beat that kid. And this is not, I'm not, a, I'm not like pro or con, whatever. I'm not, talking about, I'm, not, not, I'm not here talking about parenting. I'm talking about sonship. What changed my life, my behavior, was when my father from heaven came and loved the hell out of me. Loved the trauma out of me. Loved the hurt out of me. Loved the orphan out of me. That's what changed me. So look at this. My, I misbehave. My dad, whop, 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 whop. I just hide my misbehavior. But then my heavenly father comes in and touches my heart. And I, everything starts to change. Even heal our relationship. Then I look at my son, he starts acting up, and I think to myself, well, I know the love of God, so I'm not going to smack him, but I'll definitely send him. It's like you try and find creative ways around life sometimes. It's like I know, the, I know this isn't right because I know the right thing, so this, let's find the secret right way. That, like the, you know, we try and find ways to go about things without actually addressing the fact that I don't know what I'm doing as a parent. Just say that. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Just say it. I don't know what to do. Open up, you heavenly gates. Come on. The king of glory is trying to bust in your houses. The king of glory is trying to bust on 66 and bust into your works and all, all that stuff. Goodness gracious. All right, we'll slow down. I'm getting too excited. Does that make sense? Is that helpful?
Okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, all right, so let's go back to communion maybe. Yeah? Oh, no, it is written, man shall live by, uh, not live by bread alone, but by every mouth, every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. See, there are natural needs in Deuteronomy. I think that, one, that one's from Deuteronomy, three, Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. And he's talking about how he led them through the wilderness and not, not a, their clothes didn't get ruined and, the, and he fed them um, bread every day. But the thing is, even that miraculous thing that he was doing, even the manna from heaven they got, what sustains us isn't simply just bread or things we have in the natural, but it's actually the our Father. So we can have all our needs met in the natural and still be dying. Isn't that crazy? I, I've experienced it. Sometimes people ask, like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I think I should be good. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at my life on paper, I'm living the dream, but there's something inside I'm hungry for. I'm not getting from the things I'm going to. <sighs> okay. Okay, so let's talk. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, we made it here. Oh, and just in time. Look at the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 14. Now listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I love the King James. But if you don't understand this, it took me like 30 or 45 minutes of just going over and over this with God. So if you don't get it at first, remember, I'm not talking to you because I want to puff your heads up. It's not about intellect. Remember, we're hungry. We started this all on the same page here saying we're hungry to go deeper in our relationship with God. We don't have a religious problem, but we are hungry for more relationship with God. We're taking it more seriously. Maybe that means exclusivity. Maybe that means um, moving in together. Maybe more moments to moments in the kitchens, the bathrooms, whatever. Like maybe it means relationship or taking the next step. Whatever it means for you to take your relationship more, more serious. Let's go there. Not not information. But if I read some stuff and you like it, talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Okay. First Corinthians chapter ten verse fourteen says this. And let's just keep this in context. Corinthians was, the church of Corinth was a wild place at the time. All right, so let's just keep that in context here, okay? Therefore, my beloved, flee, flee from idolatry. I speak, I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourself what I say. The cup of blessing, he's talking about taking communion. The cup of blessing, which we bless, is not, is it not communion with the blood of Christ? And the bread which we break, is it not communion with the body of Christ? Okay. Take a pause. I'll probably have to read that a couple more times. But what was happening at the time, if you keep reading, um, it says we're one through the body because we all have the blood. Verse 18 says, Observe Israel, Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat the sacrifice partakers of the altar? And then he goes on to talk about, as people were back in the day were, were sacrificing things to um, deep, like gods, idols. So they're back there in the streets just sacrificing things to idols and people were going eating it. And he's addressing this here. And he uses this cup of communion as a little like example. And he's saying, we, we're taking this little cup of wine or grape juice and we're putting it in our body. We're going, mm, yummy, that's great. But we do it in remembrance of Christ. We take the little wafer, we break it, and we do it in remembrance of Christ. We're taking it and he's saying, Isn't, is that not communion with his blood? And remember what the definition of communion is sharing, exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, um, especially on a spiritual level. So we're sitting there and sharing in Jesus' blood. Jesus shed his blood. We get to share in it even though we didn't shed his blood. We get to exchange. I'm exchanging my life for his life or his death. 
They cover it. There's a beautiful exchange. And even my thoughts about myself or the world, everything's happened. This is communion. He's inviting people to that. But the invitation is through something that we take in our bodies in the natural. Everybody eats white bread for the most part. Everybody drinks grape juice, right? This is a, this, there, there's a difference though when I take this up right now, this little communion cup, and I put this in my body. I think about the time, I think about this man, this Jewish rabbi who laid down on a cross and took nails for me. I think about his body it was broken when I eat this bread. There's a difference. We all eat bread of the natural, but there's something different when, in, in, in how I take that in. Does that make sense? This is the picture he's painting. This little thing in the natural is actually pointing to Christ. What we're doing in the natural is actually pointing to something even more substantial in the spiritual. And these people were doing something like that, but with demons. And like I said, I'm not going home and sitting there worshiping demons. That's not what I'm doing. I promise. I promise. I'm not out there doing anything crazy, but there are things that I allow in the natural into an inappropriate place in my heart to take the place of God. And it's not like I have this. I have a pure heart. I literally am just trying to survive at times with my family. And my family's great too. So I'm not saying, this is not all the time, but there's moments where I catch myself or at work or, at, or driving or even with family members. Man, the other, over the holidays, I was like, why do I want to punch this person? I've always loved this person. But the thing is, where is that coming from? Where is this coming from? It's coming from what I've been intimate. It's coming from what I've let in. And that's not to say I'm letting bad things in. It's saying that the things I'm letting in have an inappropriate place in my heart. They're trying to say, literally, he's talking about, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. And then immediately goes into communion. What does idolatry have to do with communion? It's something we're taking in the natural that's linked to something in the spirit. Man. Okay. I'm running out of time. And... I wrote this really good thing down on this yellow piece of paper, but I grabbed the wrong color piece of paper and this one's blue. So I, I missed that quote, but I, I just want to linger for this. I want to linger here for a second with the spirit because I feel like he's, he's doing something. Last week, um, Pastor Kathy asked this question of, she was talking about the tree of life and stuff. And she asked, is there, are there any trees in my garden that you told me not to touch or not to, sorry, not to eat from, not to go to and eat from, right? And that question got me going. And we're talking about these things of like, he said, you know, flee from idolatry. And then we're talking about communion because we're taking things in the natural that have spiritual relation. I mean, spiritual implications. I just want us to let this sink in because I can't teach anything for you. I don't know what you go home to and turn to. I don't know what you wake up and turn to. And it's not, I, I pray it's not worshiping demons, but I also, I really pray that it is, it is life giving. It's of life. When I sat there and turned to Levi when I was upset, I was there was no patience that came. I was like, where is this coming? It wasn't like I was doing anything bad beforehand. It's just that I was I had disconnected my heart from life. And like that invitation for me was like, oh, if I want to be patient, I have to be intimate with the source of patience. I mean, Pastor Gavin said it like, if you want money, you get a job. Go to the source. So that's my heart. It's like, I want to go to the source. But I also want to look at some of the things we're going to. Um, we talked about the tree. Uh, what what was the question you asked? If there, oh, is there any tree that God is saying not to go to? Is there any tree in my garden that God is saying not to go to? 
You want to see my trees? I'm like, look at all these trees. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I sat with God and um, I wrote down some things that I felt like there's not like, like I said, it wasn't the tree of evil. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which sounds like a really wonderful thing. And so some of these things are actually wonderful things. Like one of them is sweet. And I felt like I just wrote down things that in my heart I was, I was finding I go to and they don't satisfy. Like I want them to satisfy, but they're not satisfying. Or, or things I've been intimate with, things I've let in or covered myself with or, or like, you know, I run to or whatever, things that have taken the place of God. If God's supposed to be my comfort, what am I running to for comfort? Is God, God supposed to be for affirmation? What am I running to for affirmation? One of the things I wrote down was bragging and complaining because both are pride. And I thought to myself, this is tough. This is tough. But am I getting my identity in what I do at work? Am I getting my identity in how good I can teach you guys? Am I getting my identity in, well, I don't know, what else? How cute my kids are, whatever. And it's like, there are things that I'm going to that I should be running to him from. You know, sweets, I'm just going to take my time here just for a second, okay? Sweets, one of the reasons why he didn't want me to go to sweets is um, because in Psalm 119, verse 103 and 104, it says that his words are sweeter than honey. And I've, I've settled for candy. I've settled for that. To be satisfied by the sweetness of some Skittles over his word. I've let something in in the natural that cannot bring life. No, no, no. I'm not against the rainbow. I'm all for tasting the rainbow. Covenant, Noah, I love it. But that Skittle company never gave me life. They gave me sugar. They gave me a sugar high. They gave me cavities, but they never gave me life. And the thing is, sometimes I go to, you know, candy or whatever, whatever, soda, all this stuff. And the thing, this thing is, God is not anti-soda. He wasn't anti-cows at the time either but they were worshiping cows. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not that he's anti some of these things. It's not the object is good or bad. It's that it, it, if you put it in the wrong place in your heart, it could actually kill you. I love riding with Levi in the car, but I would never let him drive the car, at least right now. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because he will kill us. I've seen him. I've seen him drive his little remote cars. No remorse. No remorse for your shins, your toes, nothing. The, there are things that there are things that I had in my life that I wrote down and I said, I'm not, I'm not getting, all right. Maybe if Linda's listening to this, she can edit this out if she thinks it's appropriate or not, but I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. Um, and remember, I'm not sitting here doing this because I love doing this with you guys. Okay. I'm doing this because our whole goal this, this tonight was we want to get more serious in our relationship with God. And so I want to bring you on some of the things he's bringing me on, just like when you watch the notebook and it makes you want to snuggle with somebody. That maybe if you see me do this, you'll be like, mm, I want to go do that. Cool. Okay. So here's some of the things. Oh, this is great. Um, Xbox I mentioned. Phone games. There's games on my phone. And you know why I was going to those? So I wrote them all down in black first, right? And I wrote them all, the whole list of things that I've found that aren't satisfying, that aren't bringing me life, that I'm going to, I'm turning to, they're starting to take the place of God or comfort, whatever. And then I went back with the Holy Spirit and I said, you know what? What am I actually looking for? Because when I was a kid acting out as a little teenager full of angst, 
I was acting out in my behavior, but really I actually had a need that was not being met. And so we act about, we talk about like, what tree sh- sh- am I telling you not to go to? And we think, oh, we got to behave. Don't go to that tree. But really it's, what are you looking for? When I turn on my Xbox, what am I looking for? When I turn on my phone games, what am I looking for? And one of the things I was looking for was I just need a break. I, or, or even worse is I don't, I can't stand being still. I can't be still. I can't be patient. I, I like if a commercial comes on, I'll just get my phone out sometimes. I'll just be like, I just got to get this ball in this hoop. Da, da, da. And, I, and because I don't want my mind to be still, I don't want my heart to be still because God forbid I have to address what's actually going on inside of me. So I'm actually looking to be still and looking for patience, but I'm looking for it in something in the natural I can't find it on. You can't find patience on your phone. You can't get it from Amazon Prime. Patience comes from as a fruit of the Spirit. So the invitation is actually to be intimate with the Spirit. So I'm going to a tree in the natural. I'm letting something in in the natural, but really I'm looking for something in the Spirit. I'm looking for communion. Oh, yeah, the sharing and exchanging of some intimate thoughts and ideas and feelings. I'm looking for communion with Him, but I'm, I, but I'm trading it for a high score in this little jumpy game. And one is leading to death. But it feels right. There is a way that seems right to man, but it leads to death. And you know what? There's another verse too, and it talks about the narrow gate, and it talks about you know wide is the way, and you know everyone's going down the path of destruction, but narrow is the um, the gate uh, that leads to life. And I thought to myself, man, that's inconvenient, but actually it's really convenient because you don't have to be guessing where life is. There's only one way. There's only one truth, one life. It makes it so simple that if I'm not seeing life in an area of my, then I'm probably not seeing Jesus in that area. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not condemnation. It's seriously, it's such a simple invitation. It's such weighty stuff, but it's very simple. So simple. Just cut out everything else you've been intimate with. Could you imagine if I, never mind, I won't go there. All right, so I don't even know where I was before that. But the phone games, I was looking for peace. Um, The sweets, I was looking for, I actually need to find his word. Um, what's another good one? I don't want to, I don't want to read. I'm probably not going to read all these. I'll say procrastination. Thank you. <laughs> um, I actually, I would procrastinate because I was afraid. And what he said I needed was to be loved and to be present. Cause I would be so worried about the future that I would never actually be present with him. And so I'd procrastinate. And so, so the invitation was, I'm actually looking to avoid the present moment with God. So when I go to procrastinate, I'm actually looking for something that's disconnected from him, the spirit. So how do I actually connect with him in the present moment? How do I actually let him love me right now? Because perfect love casts out fear. I'm not going to read all these because I'm just getting, sw- I, this is terrible right now. Oh, TVs and movies. I'm looking for a real rest. So sometimes I'll turn on TV, a movie, a show or something like that. And I'll go home because I just want to rest. So it's nothing wrong with Netflix. Nothing. But I promise you, Netflix, Disney, they have no source of life. They can't bring me life. So I can go. They can't bring me rest. I can sit there and have a pause. I can sit there and have an escape. But there's a way, there's a way huge difference between rest, a real rest, where I can take my heavy burden and exchange it. Oh, an exchange. Is that communion? Exchange it with a light yoke and an easy burden. 
that exchange only happens in communion. So if I'm avoiding communion with him in a time and I'm ex- trading it for Netflix, the Netflix become my rest and Netflix can only give me what Netflix can give me, which is, I don't know. I don't know. But it seems good. That's a good show. It is good. But is there life in it? And I'm not saying throw it all away. I'm saying we have to change our relationship with it. I'm running out of time. Dang it. Okay. All right. I'll say one more thing and then we'll roll. I love when I go home, I put my cheek on Megan's cheek. And I just like, I love that. You know, it's very sweet. She's such a sweet lady. And I love her. And so I put my cheek on her cheek and it makes me really happy. Okay. I thought to myself, what's the difference between me putting my cheek on her cheek and being on like a metro or one of those, like you're coming back from the airport and someone else's cheek bumps you because it stops too quick. I thought one of them I would throw up in my mouth and the other one I'm very happy. But the only difference between the same thing in the natural, the same act in the natural is my relationship with the person. How we relate to things determines the impact they have on us, like in the spirit. And so sometimes how I am watching Netflix, what is, my, what is my relationship to Netflix? Am I watching it to enjoy or, or a football game? Am I watching it to, to enjoy it or do I need it to live? No condemnation. But honestly, this is freeing stuff. This is really freeing. It's like I can, oh, oh my gosh, I'm going to alcohol. What, I think I wrote one of those down. I don't know if I wrote this down or not. Just edit this out. I don't know. Oh my gosh, that was an easy one. I'm going to spirits where I really want the spirit. You know, and I'm not trying to get drunk. I just sometimes, I like, you know, the taste of it sometimes. But, but there are things that it actually holds me back from things. And this is just, this is between me and God. But and so there's no condemnation, no whatever. But I just want to say there are things that we're reaching for in the natural, but we're actually, we need in the spirit. We need from him. Um, okay, that's it. I'm done. Is that okay? Praise God. All right. If you, if you were blessed or stirred up or like inspired or anything by this, or you felt equipped or anything, I praise God. But right now, I just want to invite you and all of us to give God permission to take us deeper in relationship himself. <sighs> Holy Spirit, we give you the weight. You're worthy of it. You are as worthy of it now as you were during worship. You're as worthy of our attention now as you were in worship. You're as worthy, you will be as worthy as when we get home and there's no one around. You're worthy, God. So we let you be worthy, worth our trust, worth everything. If there's anybody squirming, even in me, if there's things that are squirming, we decide to lean in and to say you are worthy of our trust. You're worthy, and I thank you that you're so faithful that you always prove how worthy you are. Oh, my Lord. So take us even deeper. We give you permission. We give you consent to take us deeper. We, we thank you for your spirit, God. We thank you for the gift you've given us of this wonderful spirit that, that without your spirit, we can't worship. Without your spirit, I mean, your, your words are spirit and life. 
And so I thank you for what you're doing. You're whispering to our innermost being things that you've been desiring for so long, and we say yes to it tonight. As we go home, we thank you that you take us by the hand. You lead us into our homes. You lead us into our beds. You wake us up in the morning. You you take us into work or wherever we're going, school, whatever it is, the next step. You take us throughout our day. In each moment, from every moment, I thank you that we invite you, we let you in. We let you in. We say, Abba, Abba, our Father in heaven. May your name be kept holy. Let, it, let you be the comforter and nothing else comfort us. Let you be the, a father and nothing else father us. Let you be the provider and nothing else. And let your name be kept holy. Let your will be done. Let you, your will be done, God. Your kingdom. Your kingdom, we invited in to our natural from the Spirit. And we thank you that you're so faithful. You give us all our daily bread too. You're so good. Look at these birds. Look at these flowers. You're so good, God. We trust you. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.